Shelf Pleasure contains strong language and descriptions of sexual acts and violence. It is intended for mature audiences, and listener discretion is advised. Additional themes may be discussed that listeners find triggering, and we encourage all listeners to check the episode descriptions for content warnings to decide if this podcast is right for you. Hello, monster fuckers. You are listening to Shelf Pleasure, a chaotic, spicy book review podcast. And we're your chaotic, spicy book review hosts. Krista. And Kelsey. And I would just like to apologize to everyone in advance of this episode. If you're listening right now, it's allergy season in Connecticut, and I just got like punched in the face with it this week. So, Oh, that's I, uh, not why I thought you were warning them. <laughs> Oh no! I mean, you—if you're listening, you've—and I, I guess if this isn't your first episode, you know what we're about. Nothing to apologize for here. But this is like peak. What we're I maybe not peak at what we're about, but like us at our. It, it's the peak at of our most spice, our most and wild. Yes. Well, this this week's book is really a culmination of everything we've kind of dabbled mm-hmm. into so far. Like we've done some why choose. We've done some. Some monster romances, we've done some light Why Choose Monster Romances, and this week is just full-on monster fucking. Yes. If you ever wondered what it was like to fuck the universal monsters, you're going to find out in this book. Yeah, like, come with us little lemmings and just jump right (laughs) off the fucking cliff, because... Uh, I have to say, I have been waiting for just, like, this episode, but this book for so long, because I saw... there's. I follow a woman on TikTok named Mallory666, who's pretty big. I feel like a lot of people know about her. Um, And she fucking rules. And she recommended this book forever ago. And I was saving it and saving it and (laughs) saving it. And now... Which is so... I feel like usually you're like, ooh, if you're like, I want to read this enough, you will just be like, I'm just going to do this now. Well, you know, sometimes... I appreciate the... Sometimes you deny yourself to just make the, you know, the climax better, so... So that's essentially what I did with this book. But I was so, then I was like nervous because I'd saved it for so long that I'm like, oh my God, what if it doesn't live up to like the hype for me personally? Like, what if I don't like it? But then like literally the first two paragraphs, I was like, oh no, I really like this. It took almost no time uh, to like just immediately know that I was going to be into this. Yes. I was also very excited for this book. And I know on the last episode, I was like, I'm going to be really upset if I didn't like it. Yes. And spoiler alert, I liked it. Yay. Finally, so I, don't have to be upset. I don't have to be mad about it. Yes. I, I guess we haven't said the title of the book yet. Oh, no yeah. Sorry. It's a, it's a lady of Rooksgrave Manor by Catherine Moon. Um, and we're going to be talking about this a lot in a second. But first, do we have any editor's notes from Court of the Vampire Queen by Katie Robert? I do. Oh, I, I do too. Okay, excellent. Go, You go first. So after I, you. I don't know if mine should count really as an editor's note. I think it's more just, it's more just something we missed. But I, this was very important to me that I was like, I can't believe we forgot to talk about this somehow. Wolf's power being that he controls blood. Oh, but yes. But during some spicy moments, he uses that power to send blood flow to, like, 
Mina's clit and nipples to enhance what? the pleasure. And I felt like, I can't believe that we didn't talk about this. So there's just so much spice overall. I mean, I agree with you, but also like there is, there is, there's there is so much happening. It's like at least once, sometimes like two or three times a chapter. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I can't believe the world needs to know. Even if you don't read that book, you need to know what about power. blood power and how it can enhance your pleasure. Although I guess it's just going to leave you wanting because. People can't really do that. Want, want. Yeah. I'm sorry that I disappointed you. If only. Uh, my editor's, editor's note is um, just that last time I said that our winter reading list would be out the first week of October. <laughs> but I don't know why I said that. I have no fucking idea. Because it's excited? actually due. The, I mean, I am very excited, especially for Brian's pick. Because it's actually <laughs> yes. like minor spoilers for Brian's pick. But it's also by Catherine Moon. He did a lot of research into like you know, the book that he chose for us for to read for the winter reading list. So Also because we bullied him a little bit into doing research. Well, for to it. taking it seriously, yeah. yes. So I I love you, Brian, but sometimes he does things just for like the joke of it. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to like waste people's time and like make them read like a book that he thinks will be bad. Like I wanna I want him to find one that he thinks would be fun to read and like yeah, that has like at least some some like positive reviews out there somewhere. Um, so and he did all of his due diligence. So yeah, um, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, instead of like a joke read, it's like legitimately supposed to be a fun read. So yes, um, instead of just torture going out of his way to torture us. Like, yeah, exactly. It. I'm like, if it was just the two of us, whatever. But if anyone else out there is reading along, like we have friends that are reading along with us, and I'm like, oh, I don't want anyone to like waste their time or money on like what would essentially be an inside joke between the three of us. Yes, we're we're not that bold yet. Yes, exactly. So um, our egos are not that high yet. But they're they're still firmly on Earth. But yeah, with that, uh, our next book is, is or, or not our next book. With that. Our winter reading list will be out the first week of November, not October. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I'm a mess. But with that, now we can get back to Rook's Grave, which I am so excited for. Just- oh, yeah. This <clears throat> one was very fun. It oh. was so much fun. Yes. And it also, like, it was, uh, like, yeah, just perfect for, like, spooky season if you wanted a, a good, fun, spicy read. Agreed. It checked it- all the boxes. And um, just, like, some quick demo information. So, like we said, this is written by Catherine Moon. It was published in 2021, and it's part of a three-book Tempting Monsters series. She's also got a novella set between books one and two that I think is – I think it's called Basilisk of Star Manor, which if you read the first book, you know what Star Manor is. And then – In addition to being a why choose novel with very interesting relationship dynamics that I'm so excited to talk about, <laughs> it's also a monster romance. Like and like a lot of mo- and not just like <sighs> the last time it was a monster romance, but that was they were all pretty much vampires. Just vampires. It yeah. wasn't like that's a like, variety of monsters. That's like monster that light. Fucked. And this is like a plethora of monsters getting fucked. It is, and it just right out of the gate, just, right out of the gate. Well, like this is also par- like paragraph like two. Yes. And this is, I feel like we should also say this was our book club's pick for October's read that <laughs> so we, it was we, our pick for that we, we, I don't want to say bullied. I don't think that's the right, but we, we strongly influenced. Yeah. We strongly petitioned for this 
to be the book club book for October. And then I, once I started it, I immediately texted Kelsey and one of our other book club members in the chat. And I go, oh my God, Kelsey, we gave the book club hardcore porn. We did. Like hardcore porn. I would just like to dedicate this episode to the members of the Max Cash book club who were good sports about going along with something we thought would be a fun and feisty read. And it was. was. But Uh, it may have been a little aggressive for the general reads that we have in book club. It's my cousin's first book that she's reading with the book club. So, Kaylin, welcome to the club. They're not all like this. I I think... Promise? I think Amanda was the first... Our friend Amanda was the first to actually start reading it and was like, Jesus Christ, you guys. It's... It just hot out of the gate and it it was just her commentary was incredible I can't wait to hear her full thought I think that we've swayed her over to the dark side which is what I love to do I love being a corrupting influence fairy smut mother that's all I want corrupting for good I so I'm excited about that yes broadening horizons our fairy smut mother yes like this is what this is what we do. I feel like Esther would also love to be someone's fairy smut mother, um, just to bring the conversation full but only circle. If she got to fuck them. Yeah, I mean, also that. But like, she, like, doesn't, she doesn't <clears throat> want to just give them fun things smut to read. She like wants to fuck them. No, but I mean, we meet Esther peeking through a doorway at Doctor Underwood administering some treatment to We're just listening. Right? She can't see. I don't think she. I think see she anything. can see. A, I thought she, she could just hear. She can mostly hear, but I think she sees like. Dr. Underwood's, like, shape. Like, she can kind of see what's going on, but it's not... Like, she's peeking through a keyhole. It's not, like... Hmm. I thought she was just... I thought they were just listening at the door. Look, we already have an editor, so... Oh, yeah. We'll sort this out. Yeah, I thought uh, It's honestly hard to pay attention to the like, plot. obviously seen him before. Yes. He's very so handsome. She, yeah, of course. He's... Um, and he's administering treatment for yeah, her mistress. Yeah, listening at the door. That's, but that's my note, so... Um, for her mistress's hysteria and (laughs) she is intrigued because she's in service so she's not really supposed to be doing what she's doing she's also starting to just masturbate (laughs) through the door yeah at the sounds of it like it's just so aggressive and so aggressive and esther's just so intrigued by this by it's real it's a vibrator um if you didn't know vibrators were invented to treat hysteria in women uh which is to say get them off (laughs) So, yeah. but what? but Esther's always I intrigued with this, sex. I I know that it's not, but I feel like when you hear about it, like out of context and things like this, it makes it seem like oh, what a fun scene! Yeah, <laughs> I just get to like masturbate all the time. Like yes. I know that that was not the reality of the time. No, it's but just it's wild. I'm tactless. <laughs> so, but Esther is always intrigued with sex and likes to have lots of it, which I loved coming in with a main character who wasn't a virgin, yes. who, who was open about liking sex. Like after she's done, she kind of gets caught by Dr. Underwood and she makes like a quick escape. He's like, you should get out of here. You're going to get in trouble. And she runs out to her like other, her paramour that is also in service with her at this house and is like, how fast can you get hard? Like, I am so hot from watching this scene basically between the woman, like the the mistress of the house and Dr. Underwood. Fuck me right now in, I think it's a barn. Um, yeah. Like she runs out to like the horse stables and is like, let's go. Yes. I really enjoyed She's having. She's so sex positive. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed having a main female protagonist that was experienced 
insects, but also like enjoyed it and that it wasn't like and a shameful no. thing or that, you know, that, yeah, the treatment of like sex and like that and like sex work and stuff in this book, I really enjoyed. And I thought it was such, it's just such a unique perspective that you don't always get even in novels that are super spicy i feel like a lot of times like you just get these like female characters that are virgins or like inexperienced, or they've never had good sex before or they don't really know if they enjoy sex so mm-hmm. i liked having a female character that like really enjoyed sex yeah i think like one of the things she always says later in the book is more like more mm-hmm. just give me yeah more um, and I love that for her. It's it's she's so much fun to read about because she's very open. Like she's very candid, especially with her paramours about what she wants, and like she's open to like trying new things. And it's just really it's it's so much fun. Yeah, it was but, a fun. I said it was like a fun change of pace. Yes, that she's like unashamedly horny and also kind of a tart. I oh, just yeah. really enjoyed well, that. And she's always told like that she's wanton and it's bad. And now, and then. And then she gets to eventually go to a place where yeah, it's encouraged. So, and she's like, oh, do I fit in here? And, and the delightful Dr. Underwood approaches her with a job offer that is basically a bordello for monsters. Mm-hmm. And proceeds to give her the most incredible job interview ever. This To scene? see if she can handle men. Well, because he wants to fuck her. But yeah. also it's. He's he's kind of testing the waters of her willingness to accept monsters because he himself, he is Dr. Underwood and Mr. Tanner. So he's your Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk type. This scene will stay with me for a long fucking time. I know you love I when love. sex toys are brought in and used well and appropriately. And there? I hope it's not weird to say... When I read the scene, I was like, oh, Krista had to, like, I immediately thought of you and was like, oh, Krista had to love this. It might have been my favorite scene, actually, in the entire book after I finished it. And there were a lot of good ones. Mm -hmm. But also, from every further spicy book and all this stuff, no excuses. I want no excuse from you. This is a Victorian, like, monster fucking novel. And they use more sex toys than all of fucking Den of Vipers or so many other yes. like spicy novels that we have read. So no excuse. Yes. More sex toys, normalized sex toys in your romance novels. And Dr. Underwood, because he knew she was intrigued with the and vibrator. orgasms. Yes, also that. But Dr. Underwood knew he, she was so intrigued with the, the vibrating machine that he gives her the cure to hysteria Ugh. with his magic wand before Mr. Tanner taps in and splits her like a goddamn log on his giant hulky wiener yeah like he, and like like, just, like he's like in her and then does it grow in yeah like so in her a very I, rylan of ugh. i highlighted this part because it's also a refreshing change of pace um mr tanner is huge like <laughs> even by romance Aren't novel standards he is he is legitimately the incredible hulk and poor dr underwood she describes as he enters her from behind, he wasn't a big man, but I don't mind. And then compare it to... I forgot because I remember when I first read that, like when I initially read that line, I was like, oh my God, also what a nice change of pace because they're just going to have like an average size dick and enjoy it. And then <laughs> Mr. Tanner came in and I was like, or not. Yeah, he transforms she, I mean, she does. while he's inside of her and yes. she's like, oh, maybe he wasn't 
maybe he was big after all. And then yeah. eventually he fully transforms she into does Mr. Tanner. Dr. Underwood's dick later on. But she does. And she then she's a lot of dick in this. But she says he wasn't a big man and then compares it to when he fully transforms into Mr. Tanner. She says there were no good words for how it felt electric and heavy, my blood ringing like a church bell with every stroke of, it, of his length in my cunt. And I was. <laughs> I know. I just. Uh, it's like. One, oh my god! One when, this like, is chapter one. Chapter one. It's chapter one. Yeah, the, the vibrator. It, like the, her listening at the door is the prologue. <laughs> and and Mr. Tanner good girls her, and I just Ugh. almost. She also calls him sir the whole time because she's only known Doctor Underwood in a professional capacity. Mm-hmm. So she she just you know kind of immediately goes to like her working in service her whole life so she calls him sir and she keeps that even when they're ha- they have this intimate relationship and especially when Mr. Tanner comes out um cuz he transforms from the you know the mild the mannered handsome yeah, we doctor we don't really see him we just like yes. get the impression of that he's like big hulking with a massive fucking dick <laughs> and he I'm glad you brought that up cuz he only fucks her from behind initially yeah he doesn't want to and show he, himself to her, but she takes it like a champ. Oh, yeah. And she basically goes to the manor right after. He's like, so I'm going to take you to a, a home for women. Yeah, he's where, like, the house is full of monsters, and she gets to fuck them all. And uh, she's like, yes, please. Say less. How many can I fuck? <laughs> and <clears throat> I love, she's introduced to... um Basically, the manager of all these, like the mistress of the house, Magdalena, and Mags prides herself on selecting good matches for her girls and make sure that the group of gentlemen that are assigned to each lady all get along, not just with the lady, but also amongst themselves because they kind of have to negotiate time with Mm her. And I fucking love that. Like, Like, the portrayal of sex work in this was so positive. She says to Esther... Your room and board are covered. They won't be taken out of your wages. And <clears throat> while I'm sure you'll receive a number of gifts for your gentlemen, I do have a seamstress who will fit you with a few gowns just in case. That's also covered. More delicately, at your choice, we can ensure you don't become unexpectedly with child during your stay. So I was curious, though. I kind of forgot about this. Mm-hmm. I assumed, I feel like we don't really get too much clarity on this. I assumed that... For some of that stuff, it was covered for Esther because one of the gentlemen was paying for it, not because, like, I didn't interpret that as, like, oh, none of the girls. I I took it as her explaining that was that some of the, like, one of the gentlemen was paying for some of those things for her. I took that as, so so to become a member of Rooksgrave Manor, you have to pay membership dues, mm-hmm. and that those dues covered all of those things for the women that lived in the manor. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was your, those were your health Catherine benefits. Moon. Catherine Moon, clarify. <clears throat> Would love to know. Yeah, was it I'm an individual curious. gift? Yeah, or, it doesn't really. Because <clears throat> that's what, like, some of the men, like, in the, like they do kind of stuff like that, or they sponsor, like, other, so. They they do give extra gifts, but I thought. I took it as that, like, I thought membership Mr. Was, that Dr. Underwood was kind of, like, sponsoring her. So he was, like, paying I mean, for, did like, he get a finder's fee? Because she, like, really is the best thing to ever happen to Rooksgrave, in my humble opinion. <laughs> um, does he get, like, a discount on his his renewed membership fee after that? Maybe. For finding this this sweet little gem. But, but yeah, sorry. All of that to say, super positive portrayal of sex work. 
And there's no shame. There's no manipulation. It's all healthy. The women are given agency at like every turn. And for the most part, the women in the manor are all super lovely and treat each other well. And they like giggle over breakfast talking about their various like gentleman caller, gentle monster callers. Yes. And it's, it's, I mean, there's like, <laughs> there's one exception to that rule that we'll get into later. But for there the most part, is. they're always, they like compare fancy peckers over toast. It's like, yes, it's, which I enjoyed. Uh, I liked like seeing um, like the women kind of bond and how, which I actually was one of my few critiques of the book, which I wish there was kind of more of that. Yeah, more time um, with the other girls. Yeah, or even like the the fact that they are prostitutes, but when like as we get more into it, like with Esther, because she's just so into sex and so like almost obsessed with it, I really kind of forgot that she is technically a prostitute in this because. It, like even and she kind of says it that like oh I would do this for free and it, yeah like it, and yeah. it's a different situation than I think a lot of typical like sex work and things like that obviously because she's fucking monsters um, but I feel like I more often forgot oh that yeah this, it was easy. That, that she was actually like that this was technically like a job and it wasn't just her like meeting men that were her boyfriends and having multiple boyfriends it feel like as you're reading it feels more it's easy to with forget her it feels more like that whereas i think with some of the girls like and you get little hints of it some of them more like you know do with some of their clients i think like it is more of like a client this is a job yes yeah which i think would have actually been a little bit of an interesting perspective to get i'd love to but. read more about the other women in rook's grave for sure I think, too, it's, it was really interesting to see Esther, who came from the service field and was shamed for her interest in sex and had significantly less freedom to make her own choices, immediately come into this place where she was, like, encouraged to, like, express her sexuality and, like, experiment and to do basically whatever she wanted. And then to have the freedom to leave the house, to spend her own money. Like, she gets settled into the manor and and it's, like, it's the first time she's had a chance to do a lot of these things. She actually <laughs> briefly watches one of the women have sex with her werewolf paramour. And then, um, fierce and is, Oh yeah. Fury. She's like, I can't. Cause she's very like bothered by the fact that she thinks like, okay, I'm at the manor. Like who am I fucking? I'm ready. And she is mm -hmm. ready to go. And they're like, no, no, no. Like it's going to be a little bit before your, your one of your men gets here. Yes. So like just relax. And she's like, um, I just want to fuck. Yes. Although <laughs> she's just here to fuck, literally. She doesn't have to wait long, though, because she takes, like, a little afternoon walk shortly thereafter and has a little, like, a little nap um, out in, in the sunshine and dreams of her first boyfriend. And he's a sphinx. Um, he's an ancient Egyptian cat bird person demigod who radiates sunshine and calls Esther s a star which i really liked how his everyone but has I, a little nickname for her but i feel like no he mostly just calls her my star and then the s star thing is only like a few times it's later just an, initially where the nickname comes from because then he calls her my star or little star or something but it all originates with him saying his name and presumably 
his accent. Um, Egyptian. I, I would presume Egyptian, right? Yes. Well, yeah, he lives in Egypt. Yeah, so, so. I, I just thought it was a really cute intro to him, um, which he needs because he loses a lot of points mm. shortly thereafter. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll <laughs> wait. But that's she gets he, introduced. He does have a good. He does have an intriguing intro. He does because she dreams of him, and he has these like powers in dreams where they're starting to like, I don't get at it. He's like, oh, should I give you relief? And then a fucking local wakes Ugh. her up, and you can just tell that this little turd is going to be yeah. such a problem. She's a fucking uh, creep. Uh, yeah. Um. But she doesn't have to wait long for her actual first visit from yeah, her gentleman. But she does. But, like, from this, like, he's, like, the guy's being a creep. And then Booker, who you met before, mm. who's, like, a butler. Yes. Um, who basically kind of ends up getting assigned to kind of, like, be Esther's butler in a way. He and kind of picks jump, her. She's, like, checking out his ass and stuff. Well, and he's a golem made of marble. Yes. You, yeah, she finds out she's made of stone. And, of course, she's just like, but can I play with him? Like, yes. I gotta ask. Note to I'm self. lonely. Yeah. I would like, I don't like, do I well know, alone. Yeah, he's not a client, but can I fuck the help? <laughs> When, and Mag I says, that like, I called him the help. I don't like that. Ugh. Well, and Mag says off the bat, like, you're not bound to the house. You can do what you want. Again, freedom, choice. Like, you can do what you want. So she's like, I'm going to ask about Booker because if he's in, I'm in. Oh, yeah. she Yeah, she's, uh, like, even when just, like, seeing him, he, like, takes her bags and she's like, nice butt. <laughs> yes, I would hit that. Yeah. Um. So after this, she gets her first visit from her real gentle, established paying customer, gentleman caller. <laughs> and I cannot tell you how much I fucking love Auguste Thibodeau. This, I was going to say man, but this vampire, vampire this vampire, I, I always call them men, but they're not, they're monsters. They're various uh, other beings. Um, one, I mean, he's, he's a male vampire. So. He he is. He's also a patissier and insists <laughs> on feeding Esther before feeding himself. And you know, just initially, there is something up with him and Doctor Underwood. And I had to fucking. I was like, tell me everything. Yes. Like, there's Give a hint more. that they have history. And I was immediately intrigued. And it pays off, people. It oh, it pays does. off in a big way. Which you know we fucking love. And I'll say his bites may not be orgasmic like they were in Court of the Vampire Queen, but it still sounds like they were a lot of fun. It's and, the sucking <clears throat> that is fun. It's I think like it's the like pull the, yeah. of the blood. Yeah. And, it, I and feel he like, good girls her. Yes. Mm, this, they, oh, they all kind of good girl her. This book but was I, full of my personal kinks. I do think it was more like, I like, with vampires, I enjoy the like, I think that's one that you can really play with the pain pleasure yes. kind of thing, and I think it it's works done really, really well. well. And I, I feel like they're kind of made for it almost. Yeah. So I liked also getting like not the same. You're not always getting the same vampire thing. Like I liked this play of like, oh, the bite is painful, but then afterwards, like when he's like it's drinking soothing. the blood, like that is the pleasure part. So it's like you know, and he bites her everywhere. Like yeah. it's not everywhere. It's not just the neck or whatever. Like he's. He really teases her. He, like, Auguste loves to tease her. A couple of them really do. They like to, like, etch her along and dry, mm -hmm. because they know she's so interested in sex. Like, it's more fun to withhold orgasm yeah. from her. Although he's not the best at actually hold, like, he does sticking, fold, following through with the withholding. Fold first, yeah. yeah. But they're, they have, like, a two-chapter sex scene here, and it's so hot and it's just such a good intro to their relationship, I think, because he's telling the story of Hades and Persephone. 
and it's kind of, it's like a nice metaphor for like their introduction. And because Esther says like, um, Persephone wasn't tricked into staying into the underworld. Hades gave her a choice and she took it. And it's, it's just really nice. It, it soothes kind of the, um, the anxieties that like Auguste has in meeting her and having, like having a human lover for the first time. And like, he's been waiting to get into Rook's grave for like 200 years. So. I, I will say that was one of the things that I found a little ridiculous that I was like, you're how old and you have never had a lover that you would both fuck and feed from. Come on. I mean, I'm not, pull the other one. He's a catch. I don't believe you. Yeah. Like I, I was like, like, I, I was like, I call bullshit on this. Also again, Dr. Underwood. I feel like that's a, plus, we also I kind of enjoy like, with vampires, I I like I don't need you to. Ooh, I've never loved before. I've never don't done save this. Yourself. I don't need. Yeah, I don't need. Which which is one of the things that I liked and found refreshing with Esther is that it's not like oh my god I've never had good sex before I've never like fucked before. like so I was like I didn't need <laughs> even though it's a very minor thing so it didn't really bother me but I was I was briefly like okay okay all right chill August like yes. pull the fucking other one uh, um oh my god he says something here in this scene though that. I, I feel like I just squealed through a lot of this book where I was like, oh my God. Um, but he's like, he finally stops teasing her and is eating her out with purpose. And she comes and he, there's a scene she where know he, I love. he licks his fingers afterwards and she says, does that feed you too? And August grins and says, it feeds my ego. <laughs> <sighs> Sir, stop. I already loved you. Oh my God. And so, and of course, he does it. He fucks her after. And like for the next three days. And oh, they're, yeah. they're meeting at night because he has to sleep during the day because of course he's a vampire. I did and find it's a beautiful it hilarious thing. though at one point when it's like they've been fucking for three days and they act like it's been this incredibly long time. And she's like, oh, I thought I would be sick of a goose by now. And I'm like, bitch, it's been three fucking days. I get that she's a hit it and quit it in the past. She's girl, had to be. Yeah. But I was like. You really, like, three days was you'd really thought, like, oh, I'd be sick of that dick. <laughs> nope. Guess not. Yeah. But, but And then she also admits to him that she wants to fuck Booker. And yes. he's like, please, can I watch? Which I was like, ooh. Again, can, stop making me watch? love you. Uh, I would love to watch all, <laughs> I would love to read about this, how this happens. But it is really sweet. And I like that she's up front immediately with, like, her own desires. Mm-hmm. And... And the like, August is totally fine with it. He's like, yeah, cool. Like, um, I understand that you have a like, you have a need for physical intimacy. You're not allowed to spend like you've never been able to spend extended periods of times with your lovers before. So like, they're just really open and communicating their needs the whole time. Yes, which was so fucking such healthy. Refreshing change of pace. It was so much of the other. <laughs> We had to suffer through. Yeah, well, and, and Esther's <laughs> finally getting a chance to feed those desires for the first time because she's been having like a little snack here and there in her previous life. But this is the first time she's like sat down and fed her yeah. desire for sex and physical intimacy and all of that. And and Auguste is like, I'm here for I'm here for it. How can I how can I serve? Yeah. Oh. And after this scene together. So there's this, there's a little bit in here where Esther smells campfire in her room and she's like, someone's in my room. She sees light. She sees some like rustling and they go up and no one's there. And I firmly thought this was the, like Jacob Coombs, that creepy fucker. I was like, he's definitely been in her fucking room. Yes. 
but it's and I so was wrong. much I was better. I was so wrong, and it's so much better. Because we meet Ezra McKenna, and Ezra stirs the shit better than anyone in this book, basically from because the he's very beginning. Invisible. He's, in, he's, he's the he's invisible, invisible man. man. Uh, um, so, so, yeah, Esther's suspected on more than one occasion that there's someone like coming and going from her room. And it turns out to be this man who is a thief uh, who has been cursed to be invisible, but blessed to be unable to be caught. And um, he's Irish. He calls her Pusheen because everyone has their own little nickname for, yes. for Esther, um, which means kitten, I guess. In Irish. In, like in Irish. Yeah. And. Word, yeah, for kid. What a spell, right? Invisible, can't be caught. And although he sometimes he sometimes uses his powers for good, I guess. Um, he's largely like he's your chaotic he's, neutral yeah. energy. He's very um, mischievous, but he does convince Esther that he's good enough to fuck. And <laughs> I mean, but when you meet Esther, you're like, is it going to take much convincing? Well, she's Mags at but, one point said no one could get past the wards who wasn't meant to be here, mm-hmm. and she's like, well, I'm not bound to the house, like. No one said I can't have people outside of, I can't have boyfriends outside of my assigned boyfriends. So she fucks the invisible man. Yeah. And she, at one point during their coupling, she says, I want a mirror next time yes. so I can see. And I was like, I <gasps> loved that they New like in the unlocked. middle. Yeah, because he like, basically, he's a thief, but he was like, oh, I tried to become a member, but the fees were way too exorbitant and expensive. What a mood. Um, so I just saw you, wanted you, and I broke it, and now I'm going to seduce you and have you, which I was like, yes, please. Um, Tell me what you then, want. as they're fucking, they're talking about their fantasies for the future, and yeah. she's like, I just don't even want to know you're in the room, and I just want you to, like, oh. And it was so hot. And I want to see, like, myself spread open with you. Like, you, I... Because she can't see him, she wants yes. to see how she looks with him yeah, inside like her. But you can't. Oh. It was real hot. I was like, I didn't know I yes, was into I was this. Like, I would like all of those scenes, please. Please write them, Catherine. Please and thank you. I will pay exorbitantly yes. for this. More Ezra, please. <laughs> Although our uh, our little tryst with Ezra <laughs> kind of gets not cut short. Everyone comes, so you know at least there's yeah, that. But, you, but, but the, then you can't enjoy the afterglow. No. Right after Amon, and who Mags. was supposed to be here, like, in a couple days, shows up early. Yep. Yeah, gets mad that he didn't plan accordingly. Yeah. And makes everyone have a bad day as a result. Like, I'm sorry, dude. This isn't, wasn't when you were supposed to be here. You know she has other clients. Uh, he can see Ezra, though, which is, like, what st- sets the yes. whole thing in motion. Because they just walk into a room, and it, it could have just looked like she was masturbating. But... <laughs> Uh, hard to deny the naked man in the corner uh and that's when they go over <laughs> they're like ezra needs a membership um yeah, and he doesn't like, have one yeah, so they, that that yeah, is the real problem go. here <sighs> yeah but, they go to mags's office and like aman is big mad and i did say so aman's second impression and this was me putting it kindly definitely left something to be desired because he came off in the whole confrontation as such a fucking elitist snob. Oh, yeah. And I was, like, instantly turned off. I was like, fuck this dude. Like, and then, it, um, like, he calls her. He tries to be like, oh, well, you're a queen. Like, you should be treated as a queen. And she says this quote, which I really fucking loved. 
because I'm not a queen. I'm just a girl who loves fucking. Yep. And my response was, queen, say what? Yes. Uh, she's uh, Esther is really quick to set any of the guys straight when they yes, cross her. I did enjoy that. And I do, I do love that, especially because Amon is basically, like, he's an ancient sphinx. Like, he is basically royalty in the hierarchy of monsters. And she doesn't bat an eye. And as and especially she's coming from service, like it would be normal for her to kind of like deign to his whim because that's what she has been doing professionally for like her whole life. And she doesn't. And she's like, no, cut that shit out. Like mm-hmm. I do I think- get a final say in who my clients are. You know this, right? Yeah. Like, Although I feel like, but she's kind of like I I feel like she does do that a bit, but then she kind of like quickly Oh, like, she forgives him pretty yeah, quickly, like, but she doesn't really like she has that initial fire, but she doesn't really. Well, keep she it burning. Um, and then she has breakfast with him the next day, and he hits her with that hook dick, and that Ugh. that's really you know the fastest way to Esther's heart is through her vagina. So yeah, uh, but she is bummed that she didn't get to enjoy um some postcoital with Esther, cuddle. which I was also bummed about, and also I did. There was like a moment in this where she's like talking to Amon after. And at first, I thought that it was going to take the route of, like, because she's, like, really pissed at him and kind of wants him to be like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. But then as she talks to him, she talks about, like, this look in his eyes and almost, like, he's, like, changing her mind. So, I thought it was, like, something with his power that, like, he was actually, like, changing her mind for her and working some, like, kind of magic on her. But I was wrong, and that's not accurate. I thought, I just read it as she's easily seduced by her her yeah. boyfriends which she easily does she forgives all of them really quickly for any kind of like like snappish behavior they have yeah um not that there are really that many instances Amon is really the only one that has any kind of growth um I think in the whole book but like growth to do because he starts out as kind of a shithead but <clears throat> he makes it up to her over breakfast um. he's like the king of edging yeah, this, not like, not for this, his behavior, but he the one makes that can an hold, apology. The one that really can hold her to the no orgasm and like make oh, her wait yeah. for it is him. Because well, I think because he's this the scene oldest was hot, even though I still was like I was still quite salty about his uh, intro here. So yeah. I was like, mm. but this scene was hot until the. But yeah, he because she he sends her a like traditional kind of like. Egyptian. Or maybe not, like a, Egyptian garb, and it's beaded, so that's like rubbing Sensory. on her, and like playing with her, and like kind of heightening her arousal. And then he eats her for breakfast, but denies her organ. Then ties her down to the table, or he chains her down to the table. And then after a while, it's like cut two hours later, where yes. he's been edging her for like she doesn't even know how long, and he finally allows her to come. And then fucks her, and she comes as soon as he starts. Like, as soon as he enters her, she comes. But then he's like, all right, now you're not going to stop coming, which was interesting. But so then, hot. Yeah, like, as you mentioned, you Space find out he has a hooked cat dick, and she is into it, but I was not. So here's my thing. I have a sphinx cat. <laughs> and I love him. So He's my little demon. I love him so much. I and you know what I love a dude with wings too, which the Sphinx has. He's like got the cat body, but with like the big wings and stuff in the human head. He also has a tail, which I and also the, ta- not. the, the tail is mm, not really my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But the hook, they had, the, the, the hook, that was the, the one. I think, I love a fancy pecker, but I don't know if this was the one for me. So I, if also, it was for you, totally cool. Yes, but no, I just no I have a male cat, and, your, and I was like, I cannot. Game. For me personally, I love a fancy pecker, but I find that I don't love when the fancy pecker is an animal dick. It's not. It's just not for me. The cat one in particular because. I also it's have too a cat. National and Geographic. I, I uh, discovery. Do not, yeah, I do not have a male cat, but so my old roommate, we adopted a cat. And his name is one eyed black cat named Gambit. And I so bonded cute. him instantly. That was like my baby. And he would, fun Chris's story, fun fact about my life. And I, I like just love this cat because I, I lost my job right, or, like, right after we got him. So I was home with him all the time. And he was just like, my fucking baby. I miss that cat very much. He's not dead. He just doesn't live with me anymore and hasn't for a couple of years. Um, but he would, on, on my blanket, he would knead on it. A little making and, biscuits. Yes, but sometimes he would get a boner and I had to be like, get out. And then he'd lick it and I had to be like, get out of here. No. So I think that added Put that to shit like, away. Yeah, so the, the cat dick was not for me. But yeah, I'm not really, I, there's... Like but Prince Anna, of Edging, yes, I was into. Yes, that was that Orgasm I was into. Denial. But when it when yes. it got to the animal dick, that was where it kind of lost me. Um, because yeah, just I don't. It's just not for me. I, I know, like, if it's for you, good for you. But for me, it just feels. To, I have a hard time separating. Like, it blurs the line between like monster fucking and animal fucking for me. Which I'm like, it's not. It's yes. not my jam. Yeah. So and it, but it was for Esther and and but, that's yes, cool. it was for Esther. And, she really enjoyed it. And once I'm on leave, she has breakfast with the girls. The next day, they actually compare fancy peckers. And is it Cassie has a werewolf client? No, Cassie has a no, Cassie has a vampire, vampire one. That's who there's like, another she chats one with and like tells her about it. There's another one though that has a, the werewolf client. I don't remember if we and, ever get confirmation who has the werewolf client. But she was talking. Esther said, like, oh, her paramour also has a fancy dick. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a knot. Because she was like, oh, it's closer to the base. And I was like, oh, we're yeah. getting into light omega verse here. <laughs> um, but this is also where we established that Mary is the fucking worst because yes. she hates her clients. She does. But also before this, she has, like, I was like, I this was where because I, it was a sandwich of me being annoyed and fucking over Amon, and this was where I started to be like, "Oh, I hate this dude." Oh, because he please the, tell. Yeah, the, I think afterwards, like there's some aftercare which was good, but then she's just like talking to him, trying to get to know him, and I really did not like his fucking snobby attitude, and I, like he like she was talking about Booker and how she's like, "Oh, you know, like being oh, honest, yes, like yes, I want to yes. fuck Booker," and he's like, "Well, um, he's a rock man; he can hurt you." And I was like, the irony of this, when you're all f men and monsters who are way more powerful than her, so you could all fucking hurt her. And I just, yeah, I, I just was not into it. You didn't like his, and his he was like, like, yeah, I was like, why Booker? can't, yeah. like, he's like, oh, Ezra can't bring her gifts when, like, he, like, I don't know. She was like, oh, I don't want gifts. And then, I, I don't know. He just, he, as I jokingly said, the help of where, like, he is someone that uses the term the help unironically in like a derogatory I, way i was not fucking into it yeah. i was like eat the rich motherfucker and start <laughs> with you uh speaking of booker though after this so he 
Yes, but then we do talk. Then we do like she chats with Mary. Yes. And Mary hates her clients, and Mary is just trash. Yeah, Mary is the worst. Um, but I mean, Booker, granted, if you're, you you don't everyone that's in sex work doesn't have to love sex and love the you know no, but, but she's like, but she's like nasty and basically admitting like one of them she's extorting for money well and she also has a choice in all of her clients like if she didn't like someone she could say i don't like i don't connect with this person mm-hmm. and and mags would be like okay cool like very true yeah and so she's, just she's, like, oh, she's in misery of her own making money and spoil me and then i'm gonna use it and do what i want and uh, i make yeah. him pay extra to like do i don't know to blow him or something um <laughs> but she doesn't specify what the act is but she's like i make him pay for everything yeah. his name is hunter and we meet him later, and I love the scene in which we... Wait a minute. Oh, my God, I'm having a realization. Is Hunter an ogre? Or an uh, orc? Is I he think an orc? so, yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Is he in the sequel? So, fun fact, I um, am reading book two, and I'm in the middle of it right now, and Hunter definitely is in book two, yes! and I did not make the connection. Oh, all I want is the happily oh God, ever after for Hunter. so fucking much. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Um... But, yeah, so, we'll, I guess, we'll get there. Um, Sorry, I derailed us with this No, I love this, because I haven't started the sequel yet. Thank I've been kind of said, slumpy. If you didn't say the name, I never would have fucking made the connection. Look, look, so many great things come out of these conversations. Uh, <laughs> new kinks, making connections with future books. Um, yes, but Booker. Oh, yeah, so Booker is starting to kind of, like, show more human traits. He's starting to speak more, do more. Mm-hmm. And then he fingers Esther while he helps her get dressed in the morning. And it is the and most human thing he has ever done. And he and just... And he tells her that he's going to do that. He's like, every morning. He says, good morning. Uh, brings like, her tea. He brings her tea and then fingers her to orgasm, which, how how could I... How do I get that alarm clock? Is Booker the perfect man? Listeners, please let us know. Yeah. It depends on what... I feel like it depends... We can debate it later. I mean, once we get down to... You know, once we get through all the monsters. He's also, you know, packing something fancy. Yes. And also, we we can get a boner at will. That's true. He just has to, like, think it into existence. Yeah. But then... So, after this, there's... There's a bit of a mishap with a water demon where... a water demon from another house is coming. Esther is like, oh, I'll take it on. Like, I'm curious. (laughs) It's coming to come. Turns out, yes. She's like, whatever, I'm game. Like, let's try new things. Yeah, but she is, this one is, like, she is, there's something in her gut that she's nervous about it. And she has, like, this weird feeling, which she doesn't, normally she's like, oh, yeah. And as they say on My Favorite Murder, fuck politeness. If you have a bad feeling about something, get the fuck out of there. Mm -hmm. As women, we know this. But, like, let's practice that. Don't do what Esther did. No, Which is just see the job through. Uh, and almost drown in the process. I mean, it starts out. It starts out very sexy. It starts out with potential. It just takes a hard left it until it's like dark this turn. water demon is. It's a wraith. It's a water wraith. It turns out, and it tries to drown her and drag her back to its master. Yeah, because it don't starts know who it out is like yet. she's like, oh, he's like get into the water, and it's like yes. the water is playing with her and like caressing her, and then it very quickly is aggressive and it's pulling her under and but she's rescued by our boy ezra yes because he can't be caught by anything aman fuck you and the in the aftermath of this um i think it's dr underwood and august all the men except for aman are there well and dr underwood honestly it's great without (laughs) well and dr underwood and august are also fighting for the honor of paying ezra's dues now Mm -hmm. because of what he did to, to 
save Esther. Yeah. And I mean, and then when Amon does get here, he shows his whole ass. Would this, you like to talk about it? Because I know you hate it. This was the scene where I was, this was where I officially was like, I hate this dude. I, my motto in life is never forgive, never forget. And I was like, you're on the list, bitch. Like, <laughs> he comes in and he immediately, he's all upset, which they all are. But then he says it's because she's their property. And I was like, he is the fucking worst. You're dead to me. Fuck out of here. Like, Augusta's a little, a little bitchy tonight. In this, but it's immediately overshadowed by how fucking awful Emon is in this. And I mean, Esther does set him straight. And and he's like, oh, well, you could just come to my, like, he's like, oh, you're not safe. Like, just come to my home. And she's like, well, um, I don't want to do that. But also if I do, like, what about the other dudes? You're going to monopolize me. So she's like, oh, like fuck off and then they talk privately he leaves and she I was like does, and he sucks she does set him straight and he does pretty quickly come around to her worldview and is like okay I'm gonna make an effort to be less antiquated and like a huge dick to everybody a huge mm, hooked dick th- I feel like not at this point I feel like he says on. it he doesn't actually start doing yeah, it but he's no. like oh I'll he's unbearable for a good while yeah it ta- he's well I mean he's the only one that like he starts the, off he's the only he one kind of only growth. one that has like conflict and growth but um, he's unbearable, he unbearable in the parts for most where, of it. I yeah. don't know if I ever really forgave him. <laughs> but post this, um, we get a nice scene with Ezra, who is now a fully fledged member, and mm-hmm. gets some private time with Esther, and they take a bath together. And you find out they're both both basically touch starved. And he is so surprisingly cuddly as a result because he hasn't been seen in so long and hasn't been touched by anyone. And so he like nuzzles her all the time. Oh, and it was yeah. surprisingly what, tender. I really also liked when he talks about, because Mags mentions that she thinks there might be a way to make his invisibility more of like a choice mm-hmm. where he can be seen. And he Hell says yeah. that he can't wait for the moment where he gets to like see her see him for the first time yes and also that you know she had because Amon had kind of been like putting into her head that like oh like this dude just like wanted the thrill of fucking you like he's he's not going to treat you the way you deserve to be treated and it kind of messes with her head a little where she thinks like oh like maybe he that is what he's doing he could just fuck anyone here and he's not really he didn't want to stay and like have that after like like those cuddles and that like post-coital moment with me and then she finds out from him like oh no like i've been waiting around for you and like i did want that and that he also felt robbed of that i did appreciate getting that yes it was like surprisingly tender and it a really good i think a really smart character choice for him for an invisible man who's been suffering and alone to Mm -hmm. then like not just the like not just like the sex they have together, but everything that comes after was like just as big for him, and I I loved that. But after, after yeah, their nice she, little yeah, bath, she, she does. She has dinner with all the men. Yes, and of course she's like, oh, that she misses Amon, and I said, I'm team dump him. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Mags does say like you don't have to keep him if he's gonna start shit yeah. like. Again, oh, I would have been you like, have final bye, say in your clients. I was like, girl, you were interested in a scaly man. Like, replace him with a scaly man. I'm in, I'm interested in that texture play for you. Bring someone up from the minor leagues. Yeah. yeah. Um, post, post their dinner, too. The good doctor and our sweet patissier have uh, organized a little trip to London for Esther. And what a delight it is 
to oh, like yeah. go on this little like this fun little, field trip. Yeah, it's like a little field trip like to a, London. A they take her to the trip. they take her to the modiste. She gets fancy dresses that she hates because they are all involved wearing corsets. I think um, it's, is it ju- it's just she gets a bunch of dresses, but it's like this one particular one for the night, which is the corseted dress. Yes, it's like jewels. It's like copper, and she's wearing yes, all the sapphires. Yes, and I'm sure it looks great, but, but yeah. But I'm sure she looks fabulous. It sounded there like is, she looked fabulous. And Auguste loves to like lavish her with these gifts. And she's like, she they have a very important conversation where she's like, I you know, I would just I would do this for free, right? Like mm-hmm. and he's he's like, listen, if I wanted to bribe you, I'd do it with sex, but just let me give you gifts. Like I yeah. want, I want to treat you well because and I think he's verbalizing the things that Amon struggles with saying. Um, Auguste is uh, Auguste is much more articulate in that manner because they have a lot of the same sentiments where they want to give her like a wealth of experience yeah, like and gifts spoil her. and but he's he's the one that's good at explaining why and like how but I think it's appreciated on his end that like because of what she saw with Mary and Hunter she's like I would like I would never extort you for money like I'm here because of the connection that we have and like I love like our physical intimacy and. It was just great. I mean, the summary of of the book is really that Esther is so welcoming to these monsters and treats them in ways they've never been treated in the ways that they need to be treated. Which yeah, is, like she just it sees transcends them at, monster yeah, fucking into them. like good emotional connection. But yeah, she sees them as individuals that they are and not just like scary creatures or or banks. Yeah. Yes. So um, as, like as people, but not necessarily humans. Exactly. And. <clears throat> And then they take her out to the theater. Yes, they take her to The Company of Fiends, which is the title of the sequel. Yay! I love I love when dots connect like that. But I appreciated here there was a content warning given for the show where the the guy um Jonathan Dr. Underwood and Auguste were like, "Hey, you're going to see some shit on stage here, but just know that everyone is consenting to this. Very very excited to be here." And um if you want to leave at any point, we will. Just because she just this is coming like yeah. in the aftermath of an attack on her. So they're very sensitive to like her needs and everything. Yeah, they start being like concerned. They they yeah, they're concerned because even like when Ezra and her are bathing, like he has a moment of like, hey, like you don't you don't have to like get in the bath mm-hmm. right after like the water demon. He's like, I can just like be I can like give you a sponge bath kind of yeah. thing. And they're like also like we don't know what the scenes are going to entail, but just know like. If it's too much, like we can leave, or and everything here is consensual, which I thought was really good and very thoughtful for like how they care for her, not just physically, but like her mental well being too, which is really nice. So fucking good. Yeah. And I mean, oh my God, the show is absolutely wild. It's basically like an interview with the vampire, like the theater of the vampires, Mm -hmm. which I please don't make me say it in French because I'm going to embarrass myself. Um, But it's basically like that, but sexier and obviously consensual and with wear bears yeah it's like the (laughs) the wear bears i know this this like broke you i kelsey was actually with me when i read this scene (laughs) and i could not stop laughing there was just something about the phrase wear bears and their angry red cocks well also the fact that it's kind of described as like these giant bears with just giant human dicks that were red, also that were red, like big just, red wieners. <laughs> it just broke me. So every time, 
Every time I read the phrase wear bears, like I just fucking lost it. <sighs> so the so that scene was not that one was not for me. But there's maybe like, it was for you. There's like monster or BDSM having happening on stage. There's like there's yeah, uh, it broke, it CNC, broke which is consensual non consent. So mm-hmm. like they're they yeah, like they're showing like a scenes and... of yeah, it's it's a it's primal play. Mm-hmm. Um yes. it, but it looks and it looks like non-consent but it is obviously it's a stage play so it's consensual non-consent um which again consent is sexy i'll never stop saying it yeah and but the next act was more my please tell us about act two because i I oh my god believe so act two i believe is when it's like a bunch of different humans are brought out and they're like there's like one woman that's chained to the ceiling and then there's like two men and two other women and they're kind of like bound in different ways um but there because i was very intrigued by there was a winged horned demon with a textured cock and i was like i would like to hear more about that please and the 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 whole time that they're watching from the box start to play with her while she's watching which is what everyone the fuck out of this corset intermission is for fucking um as i think what she said or should be for fucking yeah, I also and everyone in the audience is doing this too. It's just yes, like, like full every, on. yeah, and it's like not discouraged. It's kind of maybe not encouraged, but it's not discouraged. I like, mean, it's there's just lots par of for the course. It's part of it's part of the, the it's part of the experience. Yes, it's immersive theater. Yes, um, but yeah, that the men have basically been edging her all of Act One, and I also said for me points for a goose for specifically not face fucking her. Yes, um, because we know. Oh, yes. So I was right about what Act. So then um, you find out, like, during this kind of brief intermission that Act 3 is basically for if people from the audience oh, but wait, would what like about to the... display. But then th- they tell her this before they get into, like, the second act. Oh, okay. Which, I was going to say, we can't skip this one. Yeah. So her and, Ms. On. so her and Mr. Tanner are going to be Act 3. And he's got a fun new electric toy. Yes. That he's going to play with. But before that, you get some fun tentacle porn because there it's like these women kind of running around this tank, kind of playing in the water. And then I don't know if you ever fully see it, but <laughs> the name of the, I think, demon, it's like a Japanese demon, but it's Akora Kamui, which I might also be pronouncing wrong. But for me, it did slightly take me out of it when I read the name and when I said it out loud because I realized that is the name of one of Louise Belcher from Bob's Burgers oh Toys. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, and one of my favorite episodes is, like, Fluies, and it's, like, the musical one, and there's, like, this octopus toy. And she's like, oh, Cora Kamui. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, no. Well. But but this was a very fun, it, like, basically just, like. Tentacles grabbing these women and just, like, putting those fucking suckers to work. Literally. And just stuffing them. Yeah. Full. It's. And and there's like and I think there's like, five like women really with this one demon like, too. If, oh. Can we meet one of those demons? Because yes, and then it brings us to Act Three. Yes, which starts with him saying, Mister Tanner saying to her, "Be a good girl for me," and her saying, "Yes, sir," which I just have a shit ton of like exclamation points for yes. both of those things. When it starts out with the good doctor, sh- like basically giving a demonstration on this, like electro stimulation device and it's not it hurts it hurts yeah it's i mean it's got like a snap to it 
um, I don't think it's like extraordinarily painful. It's just depending on, I guess, how dialed up the power is. But Esther is not immediately like, oh, I'm like coming immediately from this. Like she's. She, she more like is surprised by yes, the orgasm yeah. by the time it gets there, which I did. The thing that I found interesting about it was that typically, like, kind of like with Auguste with the biting her, and then it's tampered off by, like, okay, you start with the pain and then you taper it off with the pleasure yes. of, like, soothing the bite. I thought this was going to be more like he would use the electricity, which was painful, and then throw in some pleasure, but he kind of didn't really. So that no, was what I thought the, was interesting. The pain started becoming pleasure later and it's okay one of my favorite things about this whole scene is esther talks about she says it was this mindless place i'd found between the pleasure and the bite that i was now craving it's her totally immersed in this intense scene and she enters subspace and subspace is if you're like if you don't know the term it's part of um bdsm and it's usually where your your sub has total trust in their dom and whatever, you know, it could be like a painful experience that they're experiencing, but they kind of go into the space, like it's almost liminal, mm -hmm. um, where they can let go of everything and only experience like... Yeah, they kind of transcend the pain. Yeah, and I thought, I was like, oh my God, I've never, like not in, you don't think in like a monster fantasy romance, you're going to get like a really great reference to someone experiencing subspace, but here we are. Yeah. Catherine Moon, you goddamn treasure. Uh, I just love to see this done in a really positive way because she does kind of have that sub-dom dynamic with mm -hmm. not necessarily Dr. Underwood, but for sure with Mr. Tanner. And um, it's it's a really good scene. Like they, he eventually, they move through the electro to Mr. Tanner coming out to play. Yeah, and, she, and she's like, no, like, I want to see you. And she finally gets to see him. And mm -hmm. they, like, fucking kind of, like, claim each other. And I was just like, what a ride, because she gets to ride it. <laughs> There's a really great quote where it said, um, this performance was about a monster being accepted and desired by a human, being able to touch and satisfy them. Auguste had spent decades without a human lover he could feed from. Mr. Tanner was still too wary to let me look at him. Amon thought he had to buy my affection. Ezra expected to have to steal it. And I'm like, oh, that's it. That's the whole book. This is Esther. Yeah, Overcome all of those things for them. But so she makes it clear, um, <laughs> like during her claiming of him, that to everyone in the audience, that it's not just him desiring her, but she wants him looking at him. Yeah. Like looking at his, in his eyes and, oh my God, he says something. <laughs> yeah, like they're claiming each other. It's not just like him claiming her. He he also says while they're on stage, you come on this cock like a good like good little girl you are. And I was like, oh my, I can't read this in public, which I was doing at the time. Uh, and I... I did not read any of this in public. Oh, uh, actually, it was like, well, do you, do you count as public? I read something No, no, no. I don't think anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's true. I was like, I was like it's, it's, you, you don't count. It's one of those, like, you don't count. You're not company like, anymore. Can, you just... It's the, um like quote from Buffy where Buffy says to Spike like I can be alone with you here exactly that's it yeah and but now back into more smut so yeah, oh yes and then, and then of they're the fun is spoiled oh, of course so the biggest brothel the former king of Gamora yeah who they think they're like all right he wants you like we got to get the fuck out of here we got to hide and protect you like that's who's clearly been coming out you like that who sent that's who sent the water what is it? The water, water wraith. Wraith. 
So he sucks, uh, like no question about that. Yes, he, but I like, do love oh, his the description of his ple- like houses gave me the fucking ick. Oh god, yeah. Because but his yeah. his physical appearance, like you would see him, and then when you look away, he's almost like the silence where you just like he's immediately yeah, forgettable. You forget, yeah, you like forget his what curse. his face looks like. So interesting. It I really is, liked that. Yes, especially for a villain, makes him so hard to catch. Oh yeah, you're like I don't know. He looked like everyone else I've ever seen ever. Like, he's no discernible features. Nothing yeah. sticks out. You're just, like, bad energy. Yeah, you just forget, like, anything about him. But, yeah, so basically his houses that he run are just about, like, non-consent and rape. It's really It's just straight up gross. rape and horrible. He just and wants like, to oh. break people. And so yes. he sees Esther as this pinnacle of, like, She's good like, and acceptance and, yeah. like, willingness. The antithesis of, like, what he is. Like, nope, I want. Nope. No so part he, of that. And he's like, I just want to break something. Mm-hmm. So the the guys get her like promptly out of there. They're like, all right, let's get let's get the fuck home. Yeah, and then she has some <clears throat> tender morning sex with Doctor Underwood with Jonathan. He fu- so Mister well, Tanner that, so, previously yeah. had not let him. So she enjoyed have that sex. that normal that average size dick, and and it was he good. showed her what that dick could do, and, and it was. So we don't always need a massive monster cock no. to have a good time. Sometimes you just get sweet and tender. And she says, like, this is lovely. Like, that's that was her experience of it with, with Jonathan, Dr. Underwood. Mm-hmm. And, and then, they then we decide. get a little teaser on his all, history yeah. with yeah. a goose. And you find, like, they're like, all right, well, it's <laughs> it's almost evening time. So why don't they go wake up a goose and... Uh, and they have a little threesome. Yes. Uh, so he calls the goose calls them. He says, "You wicked little demons," and I was fucking obsessed. And myself. Weak for it. Well, Doctor Underwood knew that he woke up hungry. Yes. And Esther is like, "How you know that? Tell me more." We be fucking. So he said, "Sometimes we're you friends. Know sometimes we're more." I love a sword cross. I am always team a sword cross. I just think. I, I just enjoy it more when everyone is enjoying each other. I feel like it just makes for much more of an interesting dynamic and those interpersonal plays. Like, it's just more fascinating to me. Yes. And I love that it, they're friends, like, sometimes lovers. You know why lovers. choose romance? Like, I don't always need it and have to have that. I just, I like it. When it's a why choose, I like when it's messy. And Give me everyone. Whenever I like when it's a why choose for everyone in the story and not just one character. Oh, and you get everyone's shit. Yeah, yeah, just that, like, because every character has, like, their, you know, their yeah, hang-ups and yep. stuff. Yeah. I want to see them all interplay with each other. Exactly. And and give it, you know, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I like that. It is good. I mean, two people's messy business is great, but, mm-hmm. like, let's throw away more have, in what, there. what, six people's messy business? Yes. So, um, I want to live, I think this is, like, chapter 19 or 20 or something. I want to live in this chapter forever. It's yeah, it so good. They they wake him up, and I think it's um, Augusta's fucking Esther, and she's finally she's like, "Fuck him! I want you both pinning me down." Yeah, and it's incredible. Oh my god, it's so good. And oh, and so they're good. both immediately like, "Hell yeah!" And then <clears throat> they enjoy. This is kind of like their last little night in London and then after that they head back to the manor and Booker has missed Esther and Ezra is now working for Mags there's a meeting with the other houses and um, Esther also learns about the hierarchy of the men in like the monster community so like mm-hmm. Amon is like 
ancient. And Augusta's like, I wish you wouldn't have asked me about this because I'm not at the top. <laughs> not yeah. at the top. Typical. Um, but then it would be like him and then Mr. Tanner and then probably Ezra. And then poor Booker is last because he's made. Like he wasn't. I mean, he was sculpted out of marble, beautifully sculpted by a woman. But yes, <laughs> we we love a man. It shows. I mean, I think there's a reason that like most of the romance that we read is written He's by literally women. a man made by a woman. We love a man made by a woman. <laughs> yes, so <laughs> women just do it better. But it's an interesting dynamic because we've have we have this setup in the narrative that like this is how it should be, and Esther is more like a round table kind of gal, mm-hmm. and she knows who she's going to have to push for that. Like, obviously Booker has the least to lose by taking on that dynamic and Amon has the most. And I think it sets into play like some of the things that come out later. So it's, it's an interesting conversation to see. Yes. And And then Ezra wakes her up with oral and she gets to see him for the first time. And I pictured, uh, Sam Hewen. Because he's, he's got red hair, and I just immediately thought he's kind of, like, big, a little bit brawny. And I was like, I, you, to me, look like Jamie Fraser. I he, I feel like he looks like a li- like, I feel like Sam Hewen is not rugged enough. Like, I pictured a little more, like, of a rugged look. Like, mm-hmm. even though he's got the red hair, like, I feel like he's got more of, like, I don't know. I pictured more, like... Not really Tom Hardy, like but scruffy. closer to like a Tom oh, Hardy. But he yeah. has like a, he has a beard, and he and he's like a big like kind of burly guy. And I just imagine him like a little scruffy. Whereas I feel like Sam Hewen is a little like softer looking. I can see that. Yeah, I'm very into this. Yes, it's a redheaded Tom Hardy. Yeah, but then um, yeah, so I enjoyed that. But I feel like that was like a quick little scene. It was. And there's there's also a great conversation that Esther has with Mags where she says, you don't have I to wake up. I was just going to talk about that. Oh, you can go then. <laughs> no, I don't want to steal your... Mags says, you don't have to wake up and be the same person every day, my darling girl. You have curiosity, so follow it and find out where it takes you. You can find passions outside of physical passion, too. Very few of my girls choose to stay at Rooksgrave Manor forever. Some fall in love and leave. Some find the means to pursue new adventures. You'll find your path, too. And I love that Rooksgrave has been kind of like a jumping off point for Esther to fulfill her sexual desires, but then also to like discover new things about herself she hasn't had the chance to do yet. Yes, I, I just loved her being encouraged to live life like and, and find passion and stuff outside of sex. So I wish we got to see more of this follow through, like it come to actual fruition instead of it just being talked about because... I think it would have just made it a little bit more interesting and made Esther a little bit more actually three dimensional. Yeah. Then like we're, we're some, that. like sometimes I feel like she felt like her personality wise, like felt a little flat and it's more like, like there's the idea that she could be three dimensional, but she's not fully there yet. Almost. We're so focused on the other, like we're yes. focused on the, the sex part, which I'm which not mad about. I was, like, I was not mad yeah. about it and I did enjoy it, but it was just one that I was like, Oh, here though. She does. She does say that she learns that she likes the intimacy that comes with knowing her partner mm-hmm. and that it does make the sex better. And she values it on its own too. So we are getting her fleshed out that way. I think it's again, because she's finally sated in the sex area of her life. She's now just experiencing the other things. Yes. And then and she also, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to move on with the plot, but so continue your thought. Oh, I was just going to say that here too, we finally see Amon working on being better, giving up some of those old patterns and hierarchies that like we yeah, just learned about where, previously. Like, she actually asks him like, Learn make from it, them. Make an effort. She says, "Be kind to them and be stern with me." Yeah. Which, whew, 
I'm into this. I'm I'm still I was still that into him. I mean, so. I like the way that she I, I, I like the way from, that she says it. He I, still has I work did, to but do. But I was still firmly in my never forgive, never forget. I still don't but think, she's tamed. I don't think I ever really overcame it. But she's still taming him. Yeah. She's still working. So um post this, we find Esther and Ezra one fucking each other. <laughs> But two, they catch Mary. Well, first, it's like that she wakes up and Booker fingers her. But then he's like, oh, a goose told me that I have to wait to fuck you until yes. tonight. So she gets this hint of like, okay, something is planned. They're planning. For the night. And then she's on her way to meet Ezra to like get it on. But then they come across Mary fucking Jacob Coombs. And she charges him for it. And he's like, oh, you know, like, I work for Max now, so I have to report this. That, yes. like, this is going on. It's just outside the bounds of the house. But, like, something doesn't feel right about this. Exactly. And then her and a ghost have dinner plans. And she says, would I make a pretty vampire? And he is it's like, so I'm not sweet. ready for you to ask me this right now, but like, ask me later. Yeah, he's like, he's. you can tell he's super into it. But he's like, give it a year. Like, and she just is asking sort of off the cuff. She's not trying to, like, get anything over on it. She really has no guile. Yeah, it's just more, yeah. Like, whatsoever. She's pretty, she's an open book. So she's legitimately just asking. It's very sweet. But he's, like, you can tell he's super into the idea already. Yeah, and then but she's that. trying to, yeah, she's trying to encourage to find out, like, okay, like, I know you have plans for tonight. What is it? And then eventually they're like, all right, we're going to explore, explore the rooms. Because all this time before, like, you hear, like, the other girls, like, she's heard people kind of having fun. But she's never done it. She's mostly, like, been with her gentleman on her own. So they're going to go explore the rooms. And um, Mary's in there with Hunter. They are, but not not really having a great time. No. And Hunt- then she wants to, yeah, she wants to watch. Well, so, but then yeah. Ezra is there. And he is eating ass, 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 Oh, yeah. Ass. He um, eats her out on the, he, like, basically, is, is she bent over the couch? Yes. Like, her skirt's flipped up over her head. He's just eating yeah. her out. And, oh, yeah, no, it's a goose that wants to watch. Yeah, I can't yes. remember. Like, one, she wants to watch, but then, like. Yeah, she's got her, like, skirts flipped up over her head. He's eating her out. Oh, yeah. Which everyone can see because he's invisible. And Yeah, and a goose is watching. Yeah, that was, like, and a, a goose, goose wants watching. to watch. We finally see Booker's. Fancy pecker. Yes, because then they're both going to watch as she finally fucks Booker. Ribbed and, for her oh, pleasure. Yeah. His tech, his cock is textured. For, yeah, I put his textured for her pleasure. Yes. So good. It's like, even like he's got like pubic hair. Like filigree pubic yeah. hair. Like it's, so it, they it's say like, Mags is an artist like in this. It's not real because... pubic hair, but it's just like the etching of pubic hair that's yes. really just for you to rub your clit on. Ugh. Yes, it's like a dick spur, but yeah. it's like you know architectural filigree. Yeah, it's beautiful. I don't. I yeah, because I don't. I don't think it's really for. I didn't take it more as like a spur where that like was something. That no, stuck no, out. just that he's just got like, a little extra thing yes, around the base. Exactly. Yes, you're and, right. And uh, so Auguste says at one point, um, "Stay soft like this. Let everyone see what a good little obedient girl you are. How well you take us." Before he fucks her in the ass while she's fully seated in Booker. Yeah, and then and a. Agu- Oh, sorry. And then as then she blows Ezra. Well, and a goose says, fuck, he does feel good. And it actually broke Woo. me a little bit. And then, like you said, Ezra comes in and she and everyone in the room is watching. So this is like another display of how much. Yes. And she because yeah, from the theater, them. she had learned like she wants people to see her like enjoying her men. And like she also gets off on that, like being watched and displayed. Yes. And in this is so beautiful and emotionally charged while also being hot as fuck. 
and Mary is there with Hunter, and Hunter is watching them the whole time. Giving that Mary's the most unenthusiastic blowjob. Yeah, ever. like it's 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 really good. And then there's also I won't quote the whole thing because it is kind of long, but they also have a really amazing conversation on jealousy here with a goose, where a goose is like, "I I am in a safe space with you, where I know that you can say that you want other men in the throes of passion." And I still feel safe that you want me. And she's like, but I like that too. Like when you're with Underwood and leaving me out, Mm -hmm. I know that it's to tease me and that you would gladly have me in the middle too. Yeah. And it's just, again, healthy representations of like teasing versus like cruelty. And it's, it's really good. I feel like we're getting into the really plot heavy part of the book here too. Um, Because after this, this is where Booker gets possessed by Bersha. He throws him out because he's got a feelings developing. Yeah, like Booker's for able to fight him off. Amon starts playing nice with the others, which is, you yeah. know, and great And Booker's going to gonna be like, because he used to be tethered to Mag, so now they're going to yes. like tether him to Esther. Because and he choice. basically already is, and like it's a whole like, all right, like, is this what you want? And Yes. Mary also gets the boot out of the house at this point. Yeah, she makes a scene because she sucks. <sighs> yes. But good riddance. Yeah. Although Amon says something sweet where like, it gives some, like, context to her backstory. It's not, it doesn't excuse her behavior, but it gives a little bit of insight into, like, why she is the way she is. And that was one of the things I liked about him, where, like, anything that the light touches is the Sphinx domain. And so he knows things just because they they happen in the daylight. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was, like, a little interesting insight into him. But, yeah, they go through, they do the ritual, again, because of feelings and agency. And then... Secret fucking, secret fucking with Ezra, where he says, I'm going to come and I'm not going to get you off. I'm going to leave you dripping and aching. Don't you fucking touch yourself. Your pleasure is up to us now, you hear? And then he leaves. Yeah, he, yeah, well, yeah, because he basically tells her, he's like, he edges her. And then he's like, oh, yeah, like, with the next person that comes into this room. Yes, he leaves you have to spread beg them out. to let you come. Um, and she's of course, like, it's orchestrated yeah, though. Yeah, of and course, it's like Booker. it's a whole big plan. It's Booker, and then of course, Doctor Underwood also shows up too. Yes, and they that one of my favorite lines in the book is right here because just as a, as Booker and Jonathan are about to double team her, like she's gonna blow Jonathan. She says, "I want a goose to taste you in me tonight." Oof. I'm dead. <laughs> I can't, girl. Like, this whole I want to be friends with Catherine Moon. I just, I really do. This shit is <laughs> fucking wild. It's really well written for being an entire book about fucking monsters. Here we are. It's so spicy. So Ugh. spicy. It and is. it gets spicier after this because then they have a dinner party with Amon and everyone has caught feelings at this point. And like, yeah, you they get all the decide s- they're going to eventually like travel. She's going to leave Rook's grave. She's not ready to do it, like, right this second, but they'll all travel the world with her men. Yes. Amon says he wants to be her and home, And she wants to have hobbies, which I was like, yes, you, like, get a I, hobby. I like the hobby you have, even though it's not really a hobby, but, like, get an act, like, get an actual hobby. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they celebrate this coming to terms with feelings and everyone playing nice together by giving Esther a special massage with special massage oil. And just an insane amount of group sex with Esther at the center of it. Yeah, I called it. it the magic sex oil. Like, 
oh my god, the vibrator is bought out. The vibrator's out. back, baby. It's like anarchy. <laughs> Amon goes Amon last. Is directing, and he like he. I, I think I have a full breakdown. If you would like, I would Let's love see that. How much of a breakdown I have? So like, Auguste eats her out while the others touch her. And then Ezra fucks her while she sucks off Booker. And then the vibrator was back. And then um, I had said, like, Amon is finally with the program. And he said a queen should have her consorts, which I did appreciate. But I still was like, it was one where I was like, "Uh, I'm going to side-eye you forever. And I'm not going to fully trust you. But at least, like, you're making an effort now. Um, (laughs) And then as the doctor and a goose are about to take their turn, like, that's when he says that. And then she's fucking Mr. Tanner. And he makes her ride him, and he spanks her. And Ezra calls her lazy, and I actually laughed out loud at this, where she, they're like, she's oh, yeah. too weak to ride him, and Ezra goes, no, no she's, she's not, lazy. she's lazy. Oh, I love Ezra. Little pillow princess. Yes, and then it was Amon's turn, to, and he finishes her off. It but, is just a marathon of sex. It's yes, but she's not sore the next day because of the magic, magic sex, sex oil. oil. Yeah, but Auguste has to go home that that night before dawn because it's safer for him to sleep in mm-hmm. Rook's grave. And the next morning, like she's cuddling with the other four in bed, which is great, but um, she misses him. So they decide to go back to the manor and find that it's been set on fire by a bunch of ifrites. And, and Ezra goes in a kid, yeah. Like Ezra goes to like rescue Ezra and Booker Russian, yes. And she's like, no, no. And she uses the tether to physically like pull Booker out of there. And then you find <clears> out that there's been a cave in like on the way to the vampires where they're kept. And Ezra yes. is trapped because he was on his way to rescue a goose. And Booker brings uh, Cassie was also on the way to rescue her vampire and. Booker brings out her body because she's she's died either from this, like I was I was big mad about Cassie's death because when you meet her earlier you find out that she's like a plus size girl and I was like really we we killed off the plus size girl we couldn't have killed off literally anyone else right anyone I'm with else you. but Amon's redemption arc kind of completes itself here when he gives up his hot home to Mags and the girls and their guests he's like take it this is. Like this is for you. It's renamed Star Manor. It's well, actually, that's like I, I think the renaming is later. Do, like, for now, like he just offers up his home as like a but place he, of like, refuge. But eventually, yes, like yeah, he yeah. Does. But he just gives. He's like come to my home. They're like mo- they're basically like, going to move to Egypt and like not. They're going to travel the world and all this stuff. So he. But he's like immediately gives, like gives c- c- come find shelter here. Like hierarchies be damned. Whatever he. You're right though. He does call mm-hmm. in his sister Kefri, and there's like a uh, some like hinting at maybe a romance between Mags and Kefri, which I was very mm-hmm. into. Tell me more. We love a sapphic romance. We don't have nearly enough of them. And then they go on a rescue mission to, because Esther is like distraught. She has to find a ghost. Mm-hmm. She needs to find Ezra. So I did think one thing that I was like, mm, I felt like she did try to like, every once in a while bring up the two of them, but I felt like she was way more like constant, like a goose, a goose. But I was like, both of them are missing, and I felt I feel like Ezra gets the short end of the stick in a lot of this book. Yeah, well, I mean, and he's I really the least... enjoyed Ezra, so I feel like I felt like he got cheated a little overall. Yeah, well, I think he was also he started out as a human and then just became cursed. So I think he's like the least monstrous of everyone, which is not like why he's getting the short end of the stick, but just like that he's a little bit closer to Esther than Esther is to the rest yeah. of I but I like that like wise. even with him like she sees something like of herself in him. Like yes. and they they have a like the fact that they know what it's like to like struggle and they've kind of 
live similar, maybe not similar lives, but they're on like similar yeah. social socioeconomic levels. So they understand each other in a way yeah. that the others do. Um, yeah. So I, I liked that dynamic and I, I just wanted a little more. Honestly, I was like, I feel like some, it's not. Overall, I felt like some, I wish that there was like a little bit more equal treatment with some of the monsters although i was fine not getting more of a on because he was not my favorite but anyway back to the story yeah so they go into the tunnels because they've you know they've got to find these the missing men and they find uh, esther runs off from her guard and finds a goose nailed to the ground and bursha is dining yeah, she, on like, some he- yeah, vamp she hears organs a goose, like calling to her but it turns out it was a trap it was like yes bursha mimicking his voice and yeah he's what a goddamn chump. Yeah. He just wants to break her because he's a psycho. But Ezra, sweet man, who cannot be caught, slips her a silver blade that she stabs Bersha with after she kind of, like, talks him into. Also, can we talk about the fact that while Bersha is, like, basically talking, like, about how he's going to kill her and, like, the, her enjoyment is, like, what he hates, that he is slowly eating parts of another vampire. Yeah, he's eating vampire organs. Yeah. It's, that, I think we're related yuck. to his, like, curse. Maybe. And he also threatens oh, to rape her because he's fucking awful. Yeah, he's, like, real. This this part gets yeah, dark. Yeah, so I was glad that he, uh, that she stabbed him and then. But, but he gets away. He does get away. But silver lining, they get a goose out and they, they're able to, like, free them. Every well, All of the men are reunited. But I feel like the getting him out is the important part because it's daytime. Yes. So this, I feel like this is more like Amon's fully, oh, like, that's routine. Oh, Because he, even though I was like, bitch, you could have done this a whole fucking time. But anyway, I digress. Um, It's daytime, so it's like, fuck, we can't get a goose out of here. And Amon is like, hold my beer. And he, I'm ancient and powerful. Basically, just turns him into a daywalker, which it was really that phrase will never not be funny to me. But um, I said, I guess I can forgive him, but I still don't care for him. Oh no, my least favorite boyfriend, but I do appreciate the growth that he showed because everyone else was pretty much who they were the whole time. But and then after this, they decide to go to Egypt to keep Esther safe and to do some more research on like how to take down Bersha, find out his origins, all of that. And parting is such sweet sorrow, but Kefri is going to look over the manor and they're going to stay at, at Amon's house, which is the new manor, and they're calling mm-hmm. it Star, Star manor. manor now. Which I did For think her. was kind of a lame, lame name. I was like, Rooksgrave is a better name than Star Rooksgrave manor, is but- very cool. I agree. Yeah. And then in the epilogue, we get... It's it's Esther living with all of the men, and it's kind of hinted at that like maybe this is when she'll get turned into a vampire because although I did oh, oh yeah it's just for her to be immortal I was like wait what yes. is the point of that but because but, they say they're yeah, gonna they be together be her forever Walker and yeah but Walker sorry it's so stupid it's such South a stupid Park phrase. ruined me for that phrase same but they get a letter from the Company of Fiends which sets you up for the sequel yeah they want their help they're having trouble with Bersha yes um. So, and that's it. That is a Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. I feel like this might be our longest episode ever, but it's because there's, there's so, so much, much sex. Spice, so much. Yeah, it is hard to pare it down yeah. when there's so much to talk about. But um, I also put a note at one point. I said, I there's something wrong with me because part of me thought the story would be more interesting if it turns out to be like 
an elaborate ruse that he wasn't really, a, that he like made him a daywalker, but he wasn't really. And he's like, surprise, I'm the villain. Or just that, like, I was like, but I knew it wouldn't do that. Cause I was like, it's going to be too it's dark. Happily or just ever that, after. Like, one, yeah. I was like, I know that none of them are going to die. Yeah. But I was like, Oh, it almost would have made, I was like, it's not that kind of story. Every once in a while, I'm like, Oh, my angsty self. I get too distracted by that. But uh, it would have, it would have been a, a very different book and it's better that it didn't happen. Yeah. So, that would have been a really dark turn in an otherwise pretty light book. Yes. Um, but what did you what did you think? What was your review of this? Um, I really enjoyed it. I just thought it was really fun. I had a good time with it. The spice scenes were really great. I gave it a four overall. I did have some like light critique or just things that I I would have liked to see in addition to or like mm-hmm. more of. Not necessarily that like it ruined the book for me or took me out of it. I just, I would have liked to see a few more scenes with Esther and characters that weren't her men to make, like, just things that would have made, every once in a while for me, Esther fell a little, not not that I never, that I didn't like her, but I, I liked her overall, um, but every once in a while she fell, like, a little flat for me. Like, a little she cardboard really, cutout. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, so... I feel like I would have liked to see scenes with her, like, and the other women a little more. Like, I really enjoyed that one of, like, of, like the women chatting or her, like, her saying that her and Mags are friends, but you don't really have them ever having conversations that, it, like, they're friends. It really just comes off as, like, Mags kind of lecturing her, or, like, telling her things and imparting wisdom. It's not really, like, friendly banter or, like, joking around or just hanging out. Yeah. Which I think would have been, like, I don't need a whole chapter on it, but, like, a few scenes here and there would have been nice of them like actually spending time together or them like these hobbies that oh she like it says like oh she helped make dinner but like you don't really see her actually doing anything other than like being with the guys and fucking them um so i like i liked her but i just wanted a bit more from her yes and i also wish we got more from like ezra or even like all that builds up with her fucking booker like i felt like that even kind of went nowhere because I mean, Booker is basically a rock man, so he has... He's just a blank canvas. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like like some of them like got a bit shortchanged, whereas I feel like a goose in particular, like I'm like, I know it like she's with all of them, but he gets like the most attention in the book. And I and I liked him, so I wasn't mad about it, but I just would have liked to and I liked um but I feel like him and, and Jonathan slash Mr. Tanner got the most but in particular like a goose like it yeah it, it almost felt sure. like that one like it could have been a story at times like about just those two but overall i i did really like it. it was fun and i also am in in the middle of reading book two so yeah that was what i picked up next so clearly i was a fan i gave it four stars and i i that's not really a spoiler but so far i'm only a little over 100 pages in to a company of fiends and i'm enjoying it more this is great. I feel like I'm it's like just some getting of the better. Stuff I like this left me like wanting a little. I feel like I'm getting more of it in a company you for of the beans. second book. It did. Yes. Um, but TBD, I, I'm still early on it. Who maybe it'll take a turn and I'll hate it, but I doubt it. I hope not. But what did you think of it? I loved this. I um I'm honestly a little mad that I waited so long to read it. I could have just read it multiple times and been happy. Um, <laughs> I mean, you still can. But I mean, it's basically a whole bunch of people looking for acceptance and love and finding it plus some with each other and i mean even even for the the guys that are just in a relationship with esther like amon 
Ezra and Booker, like they're getting emotional intimacy that they've had to live without for a really long time. And in the case of uh, Dr. Underwood and Augustin Esther, like I love those dynamics too, because there's a history between the two of them. Yeah. And then you bring in Esther and it kind of like, it just enhances that. And it's, you know, it's so good. And I love Esther says at one point, I was wanton, wicked, too passionate, too loose, depraved even, all of that, and I was valued for it, displayed as precious and coveted. And I loved that as, as like, the center of her personality. It was, like, all of these things that in the human world she was shamed for, she was able to express so positively here. And it just, it was just really good. There, you know, there were a couple of things, like, it took me a minute to get into first-person past writing because so much of romance is written in first-person present, but once I did, it was fine. Um, I love, I, sometimes I just love hearing, like, how other, like, it's interpreted because I was like, oh, that, I didn't even really, like, think about that. That was, like, shifting my whole brain around for a bit because I get really used to, like, the the way that most of these books are written, which is, it's always, like, in present tense for some reason, but... um I once I got there, I was fine, and like I, I was annoyed with I when you were like, oh, they killed the plus size girl. I was like, shit, I'm gonna have to reduce. I but even I, like went back to be because I, I think at one point you were like, is it definitely was she definitely the plus size one? And I went so back little on the other girls. Definitely was, and I was uh, mad about it. I also was. So I gave it a four and a half out of five. I would definitely reread this, and I can't wait to oh, read yeah. the rest of them. And <sighs> Catherine Moon, so I want to be friends with you. Yeah, I'm the excited. sex was so hot, like. Five so out of good. five peppers. Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely don't... five out of five peppers. Also, bonus points for the fact that Esther throughout this book is constantly eating and, like, enjoying food. Oh, yeah. One of the things I fucking hate in just books in general is when women are like, oh, like, I love to eat and all this stuff. But then literally, like, they're like, oh, I was just so, like, I couldn't eat, or it made me so that yeah. I, I stopped eating, or they, like, I just picked at this food. And I'm like, somebody fucking, like, so I really enjoyed that. Like, even getting the scene with her and a goose where, like, he is feeding her and, like, these, like, delicious, decadent treats. Or when they're at breakfast, like, all the women are eating and enjoying food. Like, I just, I liked that. I'm, like, I don't need constantly to be like, oh, like, I'm vomiting. unintentionally giving you, like, food shaming and like food yeah. aversion like it was i did sexy to like food i did i really like also. food and clearly i'm ready for dinner <laughs> oh god same same so yeah i think it was it was really good i'm i'm yeah. like super pumped i'm glad that we've got another Catherine moon book on the docket sort of accidentally but i can't wait to read her other stuff now too so yeah, i'm very excited was there anything else you wanted to talk about i think that was it i mean we really, we really talked about this one. There's so much yeah. to cover. So, uh, same here for me. But. Honestly, I really thought I would go more in on Amon than I did. I guess by the end, my like seething anger and hatred had cooled. To <laughs> That's just, like, fair. <laughs> so, <clears throat> he got a little bit of a pass he at was the fine. end. He was fine by the end. He, he did like help a goose. So, I was like, okay, but. I was like, I'll never forget that you fucking called her your property and you basically like insulted Booker and was like, oh, he's beneath you. Like, I'll never, for I'll never forget it. I'm, wa I'm fucking watching you hook dick. <laughs> I can hold a grudge. I'll heal in hell. Yes, uh, again, never forgive. Never forget. Yeah. Well, that's all she wrote on A Lady of Rooksgrave Manor. I hope everyone listening enjoyed it as much as we did 
and we will be Thank back you for tolerating uh, like over a fucking hour and a half of this probably yeah. um and we'll be back on October 27th to talk about The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. So if you're like, God, could you please stop talking about fucking monsters? Great news. We've got a cute contemporary witchy story coming for you to wrap up spooky season. Um, oh, we're not wrapping up spooky season. With oh, that, no, that's true. That, well, I mean, we'll never be done getting, with we're monster fuckers. We're very quickly immediately circling back to monster fucking with the Kraken sacrifice after that by oh, Katie that's Robert true. again. But then another contemporary. We're making a deal with the demon. Yeah, we. So. I made a deal with the demon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but and and I hope that you're enjoying them. I hope it's broadened uh, maybe some of your reading horizons, or that you've got to experience things you haven't before in literature. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you just we're, we're welcome back we're home. Sorry if you experience things that you never want to experience again. No. But uh, I guess with that, we'll see you on the 27th. And until then, read what you love and and fuck fuck the rest. rest. If you enjoyed Shelf Pleasure, please feel free to bookmark us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or like our page on Facebook at Shelf Pleasure Pod. For questions, concerns, or recommendations on future books, please email us at shelfpleasurepod at gmail.com.